desperately in need of salvation as a miserable world and might even be more difficult to save. For mere improvement is not redemption, though redemption always improves people, even here and now, and will in the end improve them to, the, to a degree we cannot yet imagine. God became man to turn creatures into sons, not simply to produce better men of the old kind, but to produce a new kind of man. It is not like teaching a horse to jump better and better, but like turning a horse into a winged creature. So talking about that, I have been thinking about the whole concept of who we are in Christ. And um, we forget this because we live in this world where there's all sorts of things going on and there's all sorts of voices that speak to us. But this amazing thing has happened. It says in the Bible that as many, um, let's see, can you put that one first one up or not? Maybe not. Okay. Is, it says as many, you got it, Brett? I have to be patient to learn this new skill. It's not coming. Yeah, and you know what? Maybe I can take them off. It's there. Okay. So I'll, I'll try it. This will be a new thing for me. It says, you know, to them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, I think we all know that in our head, that Christ is in us, and we like, but we don't really necessarily believe it, or agree with it, or walk with it, or understand it in our soul. And um, so go to the next one. So this is kind of an interesting, uh, and I suppose I should be saying what the scripture is, right? But I'm not quite that, you know, ready. Okay. Yet, yet to all who did receive him, this is Jesus, he, uh, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Okay, so is, is that wild? God has children. If you believe in him and you receive him, you become that child. We're his children. We're not, we're not sort of an add-on. We're not a, somebody checked off on someone's list of good people or nice people. And that was the point of this. We're not just trying to be nicer. We are the children of the God of the universe. The universe, not just the earth. You know, the galaxies. I mean, it, who's, who saw Star Wars? You know, okay, come on. All right, you know, we are the true Jedis. You know what I mean? We are the Jedis. You know? and, it's, and it's so funny when you watch that. I, everybody that watched it, they probably felt that little thing, right? Whoa! That's it because you know what? That's the Spirit of the Lord stirring within us, saying, yeah, this is who you are. I've made you. You are unique and special. You're in me. You are my child. Now, so we've been watching um, Call the Midwife, you know what I mean? So I, I know everybody else saw that a long time ago, but I, we just, we've been watching that kind of one of the little BBC miniseries things. And, you know, and so I'm seeing all these babies born, you know, just one after the other. And what's so amazing is they're so incredibly dependent. You know, they just come out and they don't do anything. Everybody's all happy about it, you know what I mean? But they don't do anything. They can't do anything. They, 
they don't feed themselves. They don't know what to do. You know, they cry. Sometimes. Sometimes they don't cry. They have to be fixed up. But I was thinking about, we, if you go to, go to the next scripture, it talks about in the Bible that, about being born again. And I think there's a reason it talks about being born again. Because we're going to be born into this family of God. And he says, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he's born of water and of the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh. We got that one. But the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. So it's like, okay, he's using this illustration of a baby being born uh, to talk about becoming his child. So when we receive him, we literally become this dependent child. We are really born again. It's not like we just put on a new face or a new dress or we learn 25 million scriptures and we, or we learn how to be nice or be good. It's not that at all. We are born again. We are new people in Christ. We are new, all new. And now we think, well, we don't become all new. We don't act all new or anything else. Well, it took you 20 years to become you. So why would you think it would not take a good long time to become in Christ and to be, let him fill you? But it's not about learning about Christ. It's about letting him in, letting him come in, experiencing his presence, experiencing his love. Because you see, God loves you so much more. You maybe you had these parents, you know, that maybe weren't perfect like me, you know. I have children, <laughs> you know. And, and, and we failed in all sorts of things, but you see, God doesn't fail. He absolutely loves you. He treasures you. He, you know, he allows you to go through things to grow you up in him. I always think about that, you know, consider it all joy when you undergo various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith will bring about endurance, and you'll be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So when you go through a few trials, just know that it's your father. He's making you in his image. He's, he's creating this person that is his child. Now, this child needs to be absolutely, completely secure in the love of the Father. And it's kind of interesting. I had an experience once, and I, I want to relay it because it, it, it was a very life-changing experience. I think I, I had fallen in love with Jesus. I loved who Jesus was. I was I told everybody about Jesus. I probably brought people into the kingdom. I did a lot of stuff like that. But I never really exactly felt him, you know. And I'm not going to tell you the whole story. But I was in a situation where there was a person I didn't like, you know. And uh, that person was in the same room. We were actually in a service together, in a large service in another town. And I... Um, I was so, I wanted, said, God, I just, I was kind of there because I wanted his presence. And I said, God, I just need, I just need you. I need to know you. I need to feel you. I need, I need you. I need you. And that began a process where this other person had come to this meeting, and I didn't want anybody I knew there because I wanted it just to be me and God. You know what I mean? I didn't want anybody that knew me. I wanted to just be separate and kind of like on my own. And of all the people, this person I absolutely don't like was there, you know. And it was kind of a religious person, you know what I mean? I, I had a hard time with really religious people. Even though, I mean, I was a Christian, but it was religious in the sense that, you know, you follow the rules, you do everything right. It's just kind of this hard core thing. And I was just like in love with Jesus. So anyway, 
so I'm in this room and there's like 3,000 people in there and I'm, I'm, I'm just beginning to feel this presence of God. And I remember sort of sitting against the wall, the sort of time when everybody was lying around doing all sorts of things, and I'm sitting against the wall, and in this congregation of 3,000, I see this person. And it was the most amazing thing. I was filled with this incredible love for this person. Just, I, I can't explain to you how much I loved this person. And I'm like, God, it's, it was though he showed me that in her very, she'd been brought up in a very religious home. She had not been able to accomplish the things that she thought she should. She felt guilty and destroyed and all of the things that make up a religious person, right? The things that destroy them. A person who is bound by that and feels guilty. And, and it was like he showed me, and I'm like, I felt this love and I said, God, do something. Let her know you love her. I, I, it was, it wasn't, didn't come out of me, it wasn't anything else, it was like, and, and, and the person who was speaking stopped speaking, turned around, looks at this person, calls her by name, says, could you stand up, and gives her uh, this word, at which point she kind of falls to the floor, and we, we became dear friends. <laughs> that, you know, and I thought, for, a, for just that moment, I saw this amazing love he has. I mean, that was just a little tiny bit of it. And he has that for each of us. But we have to also, we have to keep receiving it. We have to keep inviting that presence in and inviting his heart. It's not about we got to work harder. It's not about anything else. It's about the treasure of inviting him in to whatever we are doing, whatever it is. So. Um, oh no, I don't have my glasses on. This is hard. Hold on. Hold on. Let's see where we're going with here. Okay, so here we are. We're talking about being born again. And we're talking about the fact that, um, and, I, and I want to talk about this just briefly because I think it's kind of important. I think we sometimes think we know exactly when someone is born of God, you know? And I sort of wonder that if it's all about like life, you know, like when the sperm and the ovum get together, does life begin? You know what I mean? When the idea of a child even comes, is that, is that the beginning of a child, you know? Or, and then they stay in gestation for a long time, and, and then they come out and they're like, oh, they were born, they're fully made and clothed. And, and I remember when I was an atheist, because I was, I went from, I've had many transitions, but after college, I went to UCLA, and you know, after through college, I decided that God was dead. God was dead during that time, you know? <laughs> so it was dead time. But anyway, I believed it thoroughly, did believe that it, God was not real. And I remember had three children, got married, had three children, and decided that um, just in case I was, I was kind of a truth seeker, you know, that 60s truth seeker people, you know, maybe you don't know that, but it's cycling, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's coming back around. So anyway, I was, um, I was a truth seeker, so I remember I, I said, you know, um, I actually went to a mountain, you know, this is also sort of 60s. You know, I stood on a mountain, you know, I was like, God, if you're there, I want to know you, but I don't believe in you at all. And that was that, you know what I mean? Just boom. So the next thing that I remember, if I look back at this history of my journey with God, I didn't think anything more about it. You know, he actually orchestrated the whole thing. It took him four years, but anyway, I remember walking actually into a church 
to show my children the nativity scene or the crash or whatever it's called, you know. And I wanted to show, I wanted them to know what it was. This is what this is. This is what Christmas is, you know. It's, anyway, so we, I walked down there and I remember feeling this weird thing like, I'm with you. I felt like this voice, I'm with you. And I'm like, that was really weird. I felt really good, you know. <laughs> but, you know, I didn't believe in him. You know, I didn't know it in him. I didn't do anything. It was just like, this. What does that mean? But it felt really good. It was that just finger of God. So I can, now, and I'm not going to tell you my whole story because it's, it's way too long, but God just wooed me into his kingdom. So did I become a believer when I stood in the mountain and said, I want to know you? Or did I become a believer when I actually, like, you know, how many times did I go? I think I went forward, like, probably 50 times at everything. Once I finally decided it was true, you know, that I'm going to be... I just, I loved it. I would get stirred, you know, and, and someone would say, you know, come forward if you want to know Jesus. And I, I just go forward all the time. <laughs> like, I even got baptized more than once, quite a few times, actually. You know? <laughs> so I, I have no idea where to place that. And don't please make any theory or theology on it. It's probably wrong theology completely. But what was so sweet is through that, God knew me, he heard me, he loved me, he brought me into his kingdom, and he he borned me. He borned me. And now I'm not, and I'm not in any way perfect, and I keep getting more, you know, I keep noticing all these things that are imperfect in me. But he is my father, and he loves me, and I am the son of, I am a daughter of God, right? I'm not son of God. I don't know why we have to do that, but anyway, I am that. And it's just hard to grasp that. So I'm, I'm, I'm not a nice person, but I am a new person. Does that make sense? So put a, uh, the next one, which is the, um, the, the Corinthians one. Okay, it's up there. All right. Okay. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. All this from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though, as though God were making his appeal through us. So that's kind of a, so now we are this new creation. We're the children of God. We're the true Jedis, right? <laughs> we, we have, and what did he do for us? He also deposited in our hands these, these gifts. Read about the gifts. And we'll probably, I think you're going to come and talk about that a little bit, aren't you, Brandon? You know? there, he gave us these gifts to do the work of the kingdom. He wants to bring the kingdom to this world. He wants to bring life to this world. He does not want people to live in pain and poverty and without him. He wants, he wants people to know him. And I was thinking about all over the world, there are amazing spotlights of Christians. Like, you know, if you, if you think about, we have right now the, the Shiites and the Sunnis are battling each other. It's, it's kind of like the religious wars of the Dark Ages, right? With the Catholics and Protestants were battling, but the, Sh the Sh Sunnis and the Shiites are battling each other. And they're actually creating their own little battles. It's kind of useful because we're not in the middle of that one, right? is kind of good. So, but I'm, at the same time, we personally know 
people, the cruels are, are there and other people, that are going about bringing reconciliation, love, bringing the kingdom of God to the people that are laid waste by those awful things that, that the enemy of our soul wants to bring about. And I think about, I don't know how much you know about Rwanda, but it was, it's just amazing. During the, 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 the two tribes were fighting each other, hating each other, killing each other, they were leaving, and people, you know, people had no families left, and, and yet the Christians came in, and, and there's been this most amazing reconciliation between the tribes of them loving, and only through Christ, only through forgiving the most horrible of atrocities that have happened. So all over the world, I mean, it's just a little, couple little fingertips that are there, but there are things that are happening where God is bringing his kingdom. That's what we get to do. This is our, we are, that's our position in the kingdom of God, is that we actually get to do this. We are ambassadors of Christ. We bring the kingdom. Now, sometimes like, oh, okay, we go to Rwanda and we go to, you know, but no, it's right here. It's wherever we go. It's when we go to the grocery store. It's when we go to the gas store. And get when that person just kind of comes into that place at the gas station right in front of you and you're irritated, you know, and sometimes it's just you and God, you know what I mean? You've got to take that into your heart. And sometimes it's, it's that that you see the love and God will pinpoint people to you. He will actually give you a heart for people. It's, it's the most, that's why he gives, us, he gives us those gifts, you know. He'll show us what's going on. He'll, he'll, he'll just say, oh, just go to that person. And if you don't, sometimes he even makes you bump into him, you know what I mean? <laughs> or do something really odd, you know. But it's, it's, we are his people. We are his sons and daughters. We are the ones he's it's sort of weird, he's chosen and we've chosen, right? We don't even go to that argument or discussion, but it'll be wonderful, you know, when we all know the whole thing, right? But it's, we, that's who we are. And we're, this is our job for the God of the universe to bring reconciliation to this earth. And it's so, such a wonderful thing. So there's two things. We, sometimes we get just driven by trying to be the reconcilers, being the ambassadors, you know, and, and Oh, okay, we'll just do that. That'll, our whole life will be on that. And we kind of lose sight of that presence of God in us. That, like, oh, God, without you, we need you. We need you. So you can't go either or. You have to constantly be inviting his presence into your life, constantly be, like, talking to him, just engaging, letting him engage with you, feeling his presence, you know, and maybe we would call that prayer, but I call it conversation, fellowship, relationship. You know what I mean? I call it that just because prayer sometimes it sounds so defined, whereas relationship can happen anywhere, in the car, in the grocery store, whatever. It's just, well, so can prayer, but it's just, you know, it's just call it a different name, give it a different worldview, you know what I mean? But anyway, so we need that. We cannot give up one for the other because, you see, he is our father and he directs us. So finally, it was interesting. When I was... Uh, Chris had called like I'm about four or five days ago and like, can't come home, would you just do something? And right away I got this picture of a chessboard. And I'm not a chess player, but I was like, it was just kind of weird. There's this chessboard. And so I looked up, you know, chess, and the whole job, object of chess is to checkmate the, the king, right? Is that, did I say it right for those who are chess players? Okay. So, and, and then you ever notice that on chessboards, the colors are like black and white, you know, and it's like, 
And I thought, well, you know, but these chess pieces are very, very um, solid. And I saw this weird thing happen. On the, uh, just in my mind's eye, I saw these chess pieces, and they were flowing. You know, they were just, they were kind of moving. And, and I felt like the Lord said, you know, this is, I'm bringing my kingdom. I'm taking that other king that's the bad person. <laughs> I, I've checkmated him a long time ago. But I'm using you. And I'm not just moving you with my fingers. What I'm doing is I'm engaging you that you move with me. So that's what the spirit of the Lord that is in us, the presence of God in us. He wants fellowship, relationship. He doesn't want to just move us around, like just, oh, hey, this, you know. He wants that interaction. And it was funny, I saw these chess pieces like moving and then almost like blowing, you know, over to the next thing. It's like, oh, you know, I don't know if it's checkmate or whatever, what do you do? You know, when you hop over the pond. And I really am going to have to look into the chess because I always thought I would like to play chess. But you know, it's, there's a scripture that says the Holy Spirit is like the wind. You hear the sound of it, you don't know where it's coming from or where it's going. And it says, so it is to be born of the Spirit. And that kind of came to my mind. I thought, that's exactly what it is. It's God interacting with us and, and his presence in us and, and creating us to be ambassadors. And, and we're really there. We're really in the game. We are really playing the game. It's not like we're not playing the game. We are playing the game. So we participate, right? So it's, it's like both those things bring about bringing the kingdom. And so today, as we're just, when we're worshiping and everything else, I felt like sometimes we sit down and we say, okay, what are we going to do for the new year? You know, like, and, and it's funny because we get this list of things we're not going to do, right? It's like, we're, gonna do, we're not going to do this, we're not going to do this, we're not going to do this, and we're going to do this, we're going to do this, this, and it's all of these defined parameters. And what I'd like you to do is, as you're worshiping, is to invite the presence of God in and to let him give you some ideas about what this year is going to be like. Not, not just the, the works of it, his heart for you, the, the presence of God. I have no idea. Some of us may, I mean, it's, it's interesting. You can go through having been sick this year with the presence of God. That could be so awesome. You could go through getting a wonderful new job, and that could be awesome, right? You could have many things happening at one time. And that could be awesome if God is with you, and he is with you, and you are his ambassadors, and you are his children. So let, I think we're going to do uh, worship. Um, and as you do that, and then also I'd really like to encourage you, if, if now you feel this, this sense or you, you get a, maybe a word for someone else, a word of you know, like encouragement, just feel free to move around and give that person that word. How New Year-ish that would be, right? How God-like. How, you know, playing the game thing, you know? So just enjoy that. Enjoy the present. You can, you can give someone a scripture. You can, you can give someone a word. Oh, and I forgot to tell you some other little thing that just kind of, I thought, isn't it fun? We are born again, and he gives us new language. And I thought, I've never thought about the concept of tongues could just be a new language. You know what I mean? He gave us so that when we pray in tongues, we're kind of communicating with him, it says. And, you know, Sometimes there's interpretations of it, but I thought everything about it is new. There's new, there's giftings, there's things that you know, teach us how to do this. We have new languages, and we have the presence of God with us. So I want you to, as you're, you know, like just as you're worshiping, just to really 
engage and allow God to move you and um, speak to you. It, you can just sit there in complete silence. You don't have to do anything. You're not going to be better if you move around and give someone else a word. You're not going to be worse. But you ought to be what you ought to be, right? Okay. All right. Worship peoples. 